all around the world, men and women, people of all ages, have witnessed the awesome manifestation of God's presence, power, and His love rendered in words, words beyond the written pages. Why are we preaching like this? Why do we travel all around the world preaching the gospel? Because Jesus is coming again. And he left us with a message to tell the untold. A message for the whole world. This message of faith in God and his unfailing word has brought about change in the lives of millions around the world. An improvement that brings many more to such meetings with the man of God, knowing that their lives will never be the same again. Today we bring you excerpts from a special meeting with our man of God, Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris, worth hearing. tell people it doesn't matter what you go through in your life the problem is if you don't know what to do about your situation but if you have the solution no problem for example many years ago when they didn't have the cure for malaria malaria was a deadly disease if somebody contracted malaria, he was sure to die. And many missionaries from Europe came to Africa where they contracted malaria, and they died because malaria had no cure. You see, because there was no cure, they died of malaria. And millions have died of malaria. But because man discovered the cure for malaria, they are no longer afraid of malaria. If somebody fell ill and uh, they went to the doctor and the doctor said it was malaria, they had no fear. They said, oh, we thought it was something serious, <laughs> you know. People are no longer afraid of malaria. Right away, they know what drugs to administer. See, same thing with tuberculosis. When they suffered tuberculosis, they died. And it was contagious. If you had somebody who had tuberculosis, he had to become an outcast of some kind. He was ostracized. But um, when man discovered the cure for tuberculosis, it ended the fear of tuberculosis. See? So man fears what he has no knowledge of. Once he understands it, the fear is gone. The mystery is taken away once knowledge arrives. The same thing with the matters of faith. When we don't understand how to apply our faith in a given situation, we become skeptical. 
judgmental, afraid, unbelieving. But once we understand how it works, the confusion is removed. The mystery is taken away. See, I tell people all you need is the knowledge of God's word. And once you have the accurate knowledge of the word of God, nothing in this life moves you. You don't care what the problem is. You just know it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when I deal with certain pressing situations, in the face of such situations, and I get on my knees to pray, laughter just comes up. And I laugh. You know why? I laugh and I say, Lord, isn't that amazing? You are so big and you can solve this problem in a split second. And you can. In a split second. So I laugh because I think it doesn't really mean anything. I'm just going to put the word of God to work and I'm going to come out victoriously. You see it? And uh, that's the attitude we should have. That's the attitude we should have, irrespective of what we encounter. Just understand you will come out victoriously and all you need is the knowledge of God's word so you can put the word to work. But if you don't know the word, you're going to get in trouble and be unable to come out and it will be a mystery to you. You'd wonder why life has dealt so with you. You think you're unlucky, unfortunate. Maybe something was wrong with you. No, nothing was wrong. God said, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. That's the only problem. The lack of knowledge. So, getting that knowledge of the word is the most important thing you can do for your life. For yourself. Such that if you face any situation... You know what to do. You not push the panic button. You just know what to do. You be glad. You rejoice in the Lord. And then you can fulfill that scripture. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Then it says count it all joy. When you go through diverse tests. It says count it all joy. No matter what happens. Count it a joy. When you go through the tests of life. Because it just means promotion is awaiting you. See, God's going to trust you for something higher, for something bigger. You're ready for the next phase of your life. You know, there are people who want a greater anointing for this, a greater anointing for that. How can you get a greater anointing if the present anointing is not tested? See, the present anointing you have must be put to test. And it's really going to be tested at its 
extreme stretch. God's going to stretch you. See? It's got to be tested. So it can be trusted. Hallelujah. You know, listen to this very well. I told you, we haven't really brought you something you've never heard before. We've just given you the same message in a new clothing. And I'm trying to explain to you when we say, when we teach the importance of words, why words are important. We tell people say the right thing. And sometimes they think it's just a matter of being positive. It is not a matter of being positive. It is a matter of lining up with the word. And to help you understand that it's not just the sound, but the sound code. That means what you say has to be uh, in sync with what God has said. Hebrews chapter 13, let's read from verse 5. And I want you to follow this carefully. Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 5. Can you see it now? It says, let your conversation, the word conversation actually means manner of life. The King James translation uses the, the word conversation. Let your manner of life, your way of life, be without covetousness. In other words, don't crave something that belongs to other people. He says, you don't need to. You, you, be satisfied. Why? Because your God can do for you whatever you require him to do for you. You don't need to crave something that belongs to someone else. You see what he's saying to you? You don't need to steal. You don't need to try to get another man's thing. He says, don't worry. Why? Because he's your satisfaction. He can get for you what you require in life. So when you have faith in him, you never have to worry about what belongs to somebody else. Now look at what he says here. Let your conversation, your manner of life, be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Now, here's the big thing. You know, when you study the word of God, Look out for things that are laws or principles because they're always embedded there in the Word. You can find spiritual principles. Now, there's one that he's going to show us. He says, for, he tells us something that God did and gives us the principle behind the, the instruction that he's given to you. He's telling you that this spiritual instruction to be content with such things as you have without covetousness is based on a spiritual law, a spiritual principle. Now let's look for it. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now that's not a principle. That one is a promise. You see that? So, he's telling you something, and he says, this is based on a promise. Okay, go to the next verse. So that we may boldly say, oh, then I find 
There's something more than a promise here. There's a principle here. Because the next verse evidently is connected to the previous verse. He had said, dash, 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 so that we may boldly say, which means the reason God made that promise, the reason he spoke it out, the reason he uttered that promise is so that I may boldly say something that is consistent with what he said. He had said, so that we may boldly say. He had said, not so that I might have faith. He had said, not so that I might get the rewards. He had said, not so that I can have the promises. He had said, so that I may boldly say. So I find that there's a principle here. God spoke so that I may boldly speak in consistency with what he said. Can you see the principle? So the principle here is not about what he said. It's the fact that he said whatever he said so that I may boldly say whatever I'm going to say in consistency with what he said. Now that's the, that's the principle. He had said so that I may boldly say. Now look at the example that Paul gives us. Go back to verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as he hath. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Next verse. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You see, God says, I will never leave you. That means I'm with you always. So I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not live in fear. I will never fear what man shall do because the Lord is with me. He had said he will never leave me nor forsake me. Glory to God. So my needs are met. My needs are supplied. God is with me. I refuse to fear. And so I say it boldly. He says he had said. Now he may say it in your heart quietly. He may say it to you when you study the scripture. He may say it to you when someone's preaching the word of God to you. But he says it to you calmly, he says, don't respond quietly. He says, say it boldly. <laughs> However, the God has said it to you, he says, so that we may boldly say, without fear, the Lord is with me. I will not fear anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For example, he says something beautiful. Look at Psalm 27. Let's read from Psalm 27 from verse 1. You'll like this one. Psalm 27 from verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I mean, if Jesus says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then I'll boldly proclaim, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Look at the next one. It says, when the, the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came up upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. So I have no fear of my enemies. Because God says, when they came up against me, they stumbled and fell. That's the result of their action. 
So I never have to be afraid of my enemies because once they position themselves against me, God says they fulfill their, their place. They stumble and fail. It's in past days. So they just walk right into it. And then they stumble and fall. Glory to God. Look at the next one. It says, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. So, uh, we're dealing here with the power of God's word. And why this is so important is that everything that God created, everything has sound in it. Which means it can respond to sound. That is the beautiful thing about it. If it's got sound in it, it means it can respond to sound. Because like begets like. It is deep, call it unto deep. Water responds to water. That's what he's telling you. So sound responds to sound. And the response it generates depends on the coding of the sound. So God put sound in everything that's created. In fact, it is the basic creative particle of nature. It's simple to understand that. Now, I, I mentioned yesterday to you what scientists are discovering. They're just finding out what's been in the Bible all the time. This is the reality. They're just finding out what's been in the Bible all the time. NASA, in 2002, said that they found uh, sound waves in black holes. This was in 2002. Black holes are uh, astrophysical objects that they assume, based on certain theories, have been created by collapsed neutron stars. Okay? And they found sound waves. They detected, observed sound waves. This was through the Chandra X-ray Observatory in 2002. They're telling us that rocks emit sounds. Rocks emit sounds. The interesting thing about that discovery was that these sound waves had sound notes, musical notes. Doesn't that tell you something? I'll read something to you in the, from the Bible in a, in a second. Musical notes. So rocks emit musical notes? Okay. Let's look at something. Psalm 148. Let's read from 
verse 1. Psalm 148 from verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Next verse. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all his stars of light. Are you following this? How can they praise God? I mean, God doesn't just talk. He knows this is possible. So all of these have sound. They possess musical notes. So these are notes of worship. Glory to God. So he, he's not just talking. He's not just talking. No wonder he asks. Let's, do, do you remember when Joshua told the moon to stand still and the sun to stand still? How could he talk to the sun and to the moon? Because they respond to sound. Now God says, praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Go on. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens. And ye waters that be above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded, and they were created. He commanded, hallelujah, and they were created. Next verse. He had also established them forever and ever. He had made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. <laughs> Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars. Beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth. Both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now turn to Psalm 150 from verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. So they all can respond to sound. You know, I, I told you about the, the medical doctors who are finding that they can destroy cancer cells with high-intensity focused ultrasound. All right? Now, they haven't totally... Um, said it is 100% dependable. And I can tell you why. It's very simple. Because you see, they have to use high-intensity ultrasound. It's like, um, you know, throwing so many things in and hoping one will hit it. You get it? 
because they don't have the coding. So they require high intensity. So out of all that's going in, something's going to work. And so it will never be completely dependable. But it will keep showing that it works. And they're going to keep wondering, why isn't it 100% dependable? Because sometimes, because they don't understand the coding. So, it will sometimes work, and sometimes not work. So they're still researching this and trying to find out how come it really works. And then sometimes it doesn't seem to work. So they'll tell you they're still testing. You've got to understand the coding of sound. The coding of sound. But this is something that he has revealed to his own children. Let me show you something about how God deals with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom. Say we speak wisdom. <laughs> I like that. You know what it is to, to talk wisdom. See, the word of God is wisdom. When we talk the word, we talk wisdom. That's what spiritual means. Hallelujah. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. The word means mature. Among them that are spiritually mature. That's what it means. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. That means to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God. He says, how about we speak wisdom among them that are perfect? But not the wisdom of this world. This world has its own wisdom based on their human understanding. But we speak the wisdom of God in esoteric language. Let's look. Verse, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. That's it. In esoteric communication. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. He ordained this wisdom unto our glory. So that's why, see, if I were talking sound... All the scientists will easily understand that. But if I start talking sound coding, they'll say, what do you mean by sound coding? Because they don't know who can code the sound. They can understand sound code when you uh, use uh, recording instruments, okay, which they introduce, their own coding. But if I start talking about divine coding, natural coding, then they're going to say, uh, oh, who could have coded it? That should be simple. Let me get, let me get you to understand this. Look at this. If they tell us that they discovered sound waves in black holes, sound waves, that begins to, I mean, for, for me, I don't have any more questions because I've got the answers. It's really there. Why? Simple. If you found, if you found sound waves, measurable sound waves, to the point that you observed the sound notes. What is sound? 
I mean, start with the sound waves. What sound waves? A sound wave is a wave of sound. I mean, that's simple. A sound wave is a wave of sound. So the question will no longer be, what is the sound wave? It will become, what is sound? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you found sound waves, meaning there's sound, because the wave is produced by sound. So, what is sound? Sound is the energy. Right? Sound is the energy. Sound is the energy. It's energy that's transmitted by... Uh, pressure waves. Okay? Longitudinal pressure waves. And they are assumed to be the cause of hearing. That's the definition of sound. You see? So if it's energy that's transmitted by longitudinal pressure waves being the cause of hearing, my question would be, if we agree that sound is energy, then what's the cause? Energy must have a cause or a source. That is the beautiful thing. Energy must have a cause. Or a source. Something must trigger energy, the release of energy. So it must have a cause or a source. So the question will be, what's the source of the energy? Since sound is energy. The answer is there. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. The Word. The Word was uttered in speech. And there was the origin of sound. You see? That's where it's all from. It's all from God's word. And the, the inspiring part of all this is we are, we are the offspring of the word. That means the material, the very material that created the world is what we are born of. Oh God. When you are born again, you're born of the word. You're born of the very material, the very source material, the original source material. That created the world. Whose element 
is embedded in every created thing in nature. No wonder Jesus said when he was teaching, he was teaching natural men, not people born again. Natural men. He said to them, if you say unto the sycamore tree, be plucked up by the root and be cast into the sea, he said it will obey you. And they were, they were stunned listening to this Jesus. He was talking to natural men. He said, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Not born again people. The people he was telling this, when they hadn't received the Holy Ghost. He said, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And they were listening to him. Why? He knew what was in man that man didn't know. He knew what was there. Which means from the teachings of Christ and the teachings of the apostles, none of us should ever be defeated. Say, I'll never be defeated in my life. Say it again, I'll never be defeated in my life. I'm a success forever. By the power of the Spirit of God. Yeah. This is real. Glory to God. This is real. The wisdom of God is working in me. Say it again. The wisdom of God is working in me. The wisdom of God is working in me. I know who I am. The life of God is in me. In my spirit. In my spirit. In my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if the word created all things, and I am born of the word, for the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever, means that I am the offspring of God's word. I'm a child of the word. I was born of the word. So the word of God is my father. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. Being born of the Word. I'm born of the Word. Now that means that what God expects and what He wants for me is to always line up with the Word. There must be a unity with the Word. You see, if you're going to live the true life that God has given to you, you must line up with the Word of God. Your life must become consistent with the Word. There is where your victory lies. There is where your glory life lies. You know, you're, you're expected to live a life of glory. A life of endless joy. Hallelujah. See, I've got glory in my life. I'm full of glory. I'm full of glory. I have glory in my life. 